Hello to all friends and fans of the pulp, paper and bioproducts industries. Welcome to our exciting Spectrum podcast, where we will be talking about the importance of environmental, social and governance approaches, better known as ESG. And especially today, we'll be talking about ESG in the pulp and paper industry. I am Mark Rushton, and I will be your host. ESG is not just another three-letter business acronym. Environmental, social, and governance approaches are rapidly becoming a defining factor when investors are looking at companies to invest in, when customers are looking for responsible manufacturers, and when potential employees are looking for companies with high standards to work for. ESG standards are clearly now not a nice-to-have. They are an essential benchmark of how companies interact with the ever-changing world around us. So today we are delighted to bring you two experts who know all there is to know about ESG in the pulp and paper industry. Suzanne Brunner, Head of Product Sustainability and Positioning at the Mondi Group, and Caroline Hoffer, ESG Manager at Andritz. Welcome, Susan and Caroline. We are delighted you could join us today. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. So, Susan, let's start with you and uh, and ask what ESG means to the Mondi Group. Could you also emphasize what might be unique to the pulp and paper industry when compared to other industries when it comes to ESG? Sure, Mark. So, for me, ESG is is really rather the terminology that's used um, by our investors or, or other financial institutions. Um, but in essence, it's interchangeable with sustainable development when we take it as a, a holistic approach as we do at Mondi. Um, so we think about it covering everything, the entire spectrum from the responsible sourcing of, of raw materials of our wood, for example, to how we manufacture the products, how we engage with our employees, customers, and our supply chain. So that ESG and sustainable development are, are for us one and the same, essentially. Um, but that's also why we developed our own framework here around that, talking about MAP 2030. So that's our Monday Action Plan 2030, how we communicate our sustainability commitments. And we're looking exactly at those areas. So our products, our people, and our world. We, we call it circular driven solutions created by empowered people taking action on climate. Um, if you ask me about the industry overall, I think what sets us apart in the pulp and paper industry is that the whole industry really is built on a renewable resource, wood at the end of the day, um, from, the, from the forest. And we've made great progress in achieving amazing recycling rates. So we have more than 80% recycling rate for fiber-based packaging. Um, and in some segments like corrugated uh, board, it's even up to almost 90%. So the sector's really become also really energy efficient. Um, so we use our own byproducts to generate renewable energy. And I think that's something that sets us apart as well. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for that. I mean, it really is, just giving you the, those numbers you're giving us there, it really is an amazing industry in terms of um, its sustainable performance, really, uh, and must be a showcase for other industries around the world, for sure. Thank you for that. Caroline, um, the same question. Uh, what does ESG mean for Andritz? Again, can you also tell us about the unique factors that might be important as a supplier of technology to the pulp and paper industry? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I can only agree with Susan. So the term ESG comes mainly from investors and the capital market, but in essence, it can be equated with sustainability. So Andritz also sees it like this. It always depends for which term you need for what. So um, 
when you speak to investors, of course, you use ESG. When you talk about your products, you use sustainability, so sustainable products. Um, but what I really like about the ESG term is that it expresses that sustainability really includes environmental, social and economic or governance factors. And all three areas are important to be able to act sustainably. And they also influence each other. So without revenue, you can't take measures for more sustainability or employee well-being. But without a functioning environment, you won't be able to generate revenue at some point. So it's really important to manage all three areas. And yeah, at Andritz in 2021, we launched the WeCare ESG program, which includes all our activities, goals and plans in the sustainability sector under one roof. And the focus topics and goals of the program were selected in consideration of the areas in which Andritz can make the largest contribution towards a sustainable future. So under the environmental area, we focus on the reduction of greenhouse gas emissions, water and waste at our own sites, as well as increasing the share of group revenue with sustainable solutions and products. In the social area, we focus on occupational health and safety and Andritz as an attractive employer. And in the governance area, the focus lies on compliance as well as supplier compliance and risk management. And as a technology supplier to the pulp and paper industry, we see the shift towards zero waste and zero emission production. So our pulp and paper customers like Mondi have clear sustainability goals and it is our job to support them in the best possible way with our solutions and products so that they achieve these goals. Excellent. Caroline um, and Susan, it seems like you have a, a your work cut out, really. It sounds like a very busy job that you have there. So, um, Susan, back to you. Can we focus on the environmental factor when it comes to ESG? Um, surely this is quite an easy part, as the pulp and paper industry is such a showcase in this area, but I'm sure that you're going to tell us that it's not. Um, no, I wouldn't call it easy. Um, but when, when we talk about sustainability, most people automatically think about environmental sustainability. So that's the, the one that, that comes to mind. Um, for us, the E um, definitely encompasses our climate action targets. Um, so these are the targets that we have to cover. It's a science-based targets for our operations, but also for our responsible sourcing, our commitment to deforestation as well as water and biodiversity commitments. We believe all of these things are interlinked um, and they need to be considered together. Uh, from, a, from a product perspective, the area that I'm leading on, the E is very much about understanding the environmental impacts of a specific product. So it's often in comparison to other alternatives um, to help our customers make informed choices about the most sustainable alternative. So the carbon impact is very, very important here, but the end-of-life considerations are also increasingly important. Um, so is the product recyclable or compostable at end-of-life or, or potentially even a reuse option? Um, so this is one of the, one of the key things. And environmentally for us, Mondi's made great progress. Uh, it's been a long, long-term focus for us. Uh, we've cut emissions by 44% since 2004. So that was our first baseline. Um, and last year... Uh, our net zero science-based targets across scopes one, two, and three were approved by SBTI. So we were also one of the first in our sector to have approved targets. Wow. That's good numbers again. Um, so just to follow on, uh, Susan, Mondi also supplies plastic-based uh, solutions um, and says paper where possible, plastic when useful. So what does this mean in terms of your ESG communications? It means that they're a little bit more complicated, yes, <laughs> but actually uh, we think more balanced too. Mm. 
So we really try to take a, a, a holistic material agnostic approach as Mondi when we're evaluating different product solutions and we're doing a, a life cycle analysis or a streamlined analysis, which we call a product impact assessment. Um, so as a, overall, as a business, our approach is exactly that, to use paper where possible. Um, we are 80% fiber-based as Mondi in terms of our solutions. Uh, but we do know that there are some applications where flexible plastic is simply the better, the better solution. It can be for specific applications related for hygiene, food, food safety, contact, or, or, or other specific barriers that are needed. Uh, but in principle, paper is a great alternative for many applications out there today. It comes from renewable sources, as we talked about. It can be sustainably sourced. I am also very much an advocate. I don't say just because it's paper-based or wood-based, it's automatically sustainable. You need to have that responsible sourcing aspect in there too. Um, and then we have these amazing end-of-life recycling rates uh, as well as a, as a sector. So, And it's perceived as more sustainable by consumers at the end of the day. Yeah. Thank you for that. Excellent. Um, Caroline, can you comment on the environmental factor from the Andritz point of view? Um, anything specific that stands out on sustainability and ESG in the pulp and paper industry? Yeah, so the environmental area is definitely a focus area of Andrit. So we have set the ambitious goal to reduce our scope one and two greenhouse gas emissions by 50% by the end of 2025 compared to 2019. And we have already achieved a reduction of around 38%. However, we are also aware that the majority of our emissions are in the upstream and downstream supply chain. These are the so-called scope three emissions. Um, at the beginning of this year, Andritz has committed to the science-based targets initiative, which was also mentioned by Susan. So this also requires a target for scope three emissions. And in addition to the corporate carbon footprint, it is also clear to us that we want to calculate the footprints of our products. We see that this is also a big topic for our pulp and paper customers. More and more requests reach us, and we would like to be able to answer these questions as soon as possible. So this whole carbon footprint topic is really a hot topic at the moment at Andritz. But besides calculating emissions, it is much more important to reduce them. And therefore, our pulp and paper business area started the Circle to Zero initiative to achieve zero emissions and zero waste while creating sustainable financial growth for our customers. So for our pulp and paper customers, this means eliminating unused industry side streams, turning them into new value-added products and achieving zero waste and zero emission production in the future. In this area, Andritz offers great solutions such as the sulfur loop sulfuric acid plant technology for on-site production of sulfuric acid or the Andritz graftanol biomethanol plant to purify crude methanol into trade-grade biomethanol, which can then be sold on the commercial market as a fuel. Thank you very much for that, Caroline. Um, I've seen a circle to zero applications in uh, in action uh, just recently, and, and it really is quite amazing what Andrus is doing on the on the closing the loops at pulp and paper mills point of view. Um, so, uh, Susan, now we're going to move on to the uh, social aspects of ESG. Uh, so, what does it mean when applied to Mondi and the pulp and paper industry, and what particular challenges are there? when it comes to diversity and gender issues in the industry? Well, Mark, this isn't my specific area of expertise, but in principle, we, of course, also have um, uh, uh, people commitments under our MAP 2030, yeah? So empowered people. And it's related to having this inclusive and empowered and inclusive team that contributes to a better world, as we say it. 
So there's three commitments that we have here specifically uh, related to, number one, building skills that support long-term employability. The second, providing purposeful employment for our employees in a diverse and inclusive workforce. And the third, creating an environment that enables a positive work-life experience, considering safety, health, and mental well-being. Um, so one of the particular challenges around DNI for us, and I think more generally for the industry, is that, of course, it is a rather male-dominated industry, um, <laughs> particularly if we think about the shop floor on site in a, in a, in a mill or converting operation. So we have a specific KPI, a commitment to achieve 30% women across Mondi. And we have seen some small progress last year, moving from 21 to 22% female employees. Um, so we've got a number of initiatives, including recruitment initiatives and, and, and so on in place, but it will certainly take time to move the needle here. Um, one, maybe one thing worth noting, too, is that... Um, we did make a conscious decision not to have a specific female leadership target because we felt that it would be possible to helicopter in a few leaders and reach the target, but not necessarily drive change across the entire business. So we wanted to consider the whole workforce here. So I'd say that's a particular challenge. The other challenge on this is, um, is uh, also, I think, in principle, having smart targets that you can really measure your progress. So beyond that diversity target, we have some other targets that are, are difficult to measure, smart targets. Um, if I think about measuring purposeful work, yeah, uh, as in a smart way and in a, in a very um, numeric way. So these are challenges that we also face, but I think we've got a very good approach in place. Absolutely. And you seem to be making progress as well, which is, which is great news. Really good. Um, Caroline, as a major supplier with lots of employees and sub-suppliers located worldwide, what are the inherent challenges posed when looking at the social aspects of ESG implementation? How have you created a sustainable corporate culture internally? So our focus in the social area is on the reduction of the lost time accident frequency rate by 30% every year, the reduction of the voluntary turnover rate to less than 4.5%, and the increase of the share of female employees to 20% by the end of 2025. Similar to Mondi, we are in a very male-dominated industry, so increasing the share of female employees is quite a challenge. But I think we have to get especially young women interested in technology and show them that technology companies have a lot of leverage with their products to counteract the climate crisis. So here at Andritz, we have a strong focus on sustainable products and solutions. And when we can show this, I think this is, also helps to um, yeah to get new employees, new female employees to the company. So another point is certainly that with regard to social aspects, the focus was strongly on the company so far. However, due to new laws like the German Supply Chain Act, the supply chain is now also becoming increasingly important. Andritz has over 30,000 suppliers worldwide, so it is quite a challenge to screen all of them, but the colleagues in the respective and in the respecting departments are doing a very good job in this. And regarding sustainable corporate culture, I think this is a continuous process that we are in the middle of. And recently we had an ESG training to create more awareness in the company, but I also believe that there is no getting around this issue and that at some point everyone will have to deal with the sustainability topic in their own area. So, yeah, what I want to say is that, yeah, having a corporate culture is really a dynamic process and really needs time. 
Okay, great. Thank you for those answers. Excellent. Um, so, uh, what are the biggest challenges being faced in your work on ESG? Um, and what is on the horizon when it comes to ESG and new regulations? Uh, if we go to Susan first, um, please, what do you think? Well, here again, from a, speaking from a products perspective in particular, I think one of the biggest challenges that we're looking at right now is developing a, a way to link our performance as a group under our science-based targets um, with the performance of a specific basket of products for a particular customer. Um, and developing it, developing future projections on the pathway to net zero. So how does our group performance and our reductions of our GHG emissions um, translate into a specific customer benefit? Um, we've always reported and communicated very transparently uh, looking backwards. So we have excellent data across our sites, uh, backward looking. Uh, but developing these future projections is uh, is a new world for us. Um, and we have to consider, of course, the investment pipeline, product innovations, maybe changing suppliers. We're also working towards getting more and more primary data from our suppliers. So there's a lot of a lot of work to be done here. And our customers also are often working towards different timelines uh, in their own emissions reduction. So they want to understand how all of this fits together. Um, because clearly, you know, our scope one, two, and three emissions are our customers' scope three emissions. So we know that it's very closely linked, but it's making that, that, that connection from a group performance to a specific product basket where those products may change over time, may be produced at multiple sites. And maybe those are sites that are already excellent performers in terms of greenhouse gas emissions, and we might not have so much investment planned on those sites, but those customers still want to see the benefit of working with, with Mundi uh, over time. I would say that's one of the one of one of the biggest product challenges that we have. Of course, the other product challenge that I might mention is we are working very hard to make sure that we have a hundred percent reusable, recyclable, or compostable solutions. So our focus is on recyclable and second and secondarily on compostable solutions for products. Um, and what we can do and what we can control is make sure that we have a an alternative in place so that we have a sustainable alternative. Um, for our customers. But the challenge is always, of course, then the next step is to transition the customers to those new solutions. Um, and that might mean that there is a needed investment. Maybe there's, there's, there's some other trade-offs in terms of, of, of running times or, or something else. Um, and, and making that, that switch over is probably the next step in, in our journey as well here. So, so the product design part we can do, and then we have to work together with our customers to make that transition. Great. Sounds like a never-ending journey, actually. <laughs> Great. They, they do say that uh, the journey, it is about the journey, right? Not yeah, the destination. <laughs> 100%. Especially in this case, for sure. Excellent. <laughs> um, and Caroline, challenges. What are the biggest challenges you're facing in ESG at Andritz? Yeah, so I can definitely agree that this data management is really a challenge. Having all your data for Gabon 2 and 3, but also other data. But on the other hand, also a big challenge is for us this fast development of the sustainability um, topic. So new regulations and directives are constantly being published, some of which are not even ready yet, but already have to be implemented by the companies. So that can be really a challenge. And yeah, this also results in the challenge of introducing new processes and structures in the company or linking them to the existing ones. So really reacting on all these new regulations and implementing them in the company and using them also as an advantage for you. This could be a challenge. 
or is a challenge. Mark, maybe I can just add to that. Um, I, I fully agree with Caroline. That's another whole basket of challenges that we see. I call it a tsunami of legislative changes that are that are coming at our at our industry. Uh, if I just think about the packaging and packaging waste directive uh, that's being that's under review, I think there were four thousand amendments that were submitted to that. Um, so we're still waiting to see what the final outcome will look like. Uh, but you know, the single-use plastic directive wasn't very far away. We also have the whole reporting landscape changing. So the CSRD, the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive. Um, but, you know, so there's a, there's a massive amount of work that needs to be done here. Our customers are also asking for guidance, wanting to understand uh, what's the, the trajectory, what's the direction of travel here. But there's a lot of unknowns, you know. And then, of course, the other piece is the EU deforestation-free regulation, which is also coming uh, was into effect or came into effect in, in June with a transition period now until the end of next year. Uh, and there's a massive amount of work in that piece as well. So it's never ending, as you said. <laughs> Definitely. Excellent. Caroline, any other comments to make? Yeah, I can only agree here. So yeah, you have to integrate all these requirements into the company. And, but what I think is very important is to not only see all this as a big bureaucracy and reporting obligation, but also to see it as an opportunity to make your business model more sustainable and resilient for the future. So I think this is often forgotten when you see all these regulations, requirements from customers. But at the end, you should you really need a sustainable business model to be resilient and future-proof. Excellent. So clearly there are challenges and opportunities both in ESG and clearly ESG is a very good way of ensuring that investors in companies receive assurances that the investments they make are going to companies that are conforming to the rigorous standards being set on the environmental and social goals. This is certainly a good thing when it comes to ensuring sustainability goals are being met as well as employment standards. And ESG is a great way to look at a company as a holistic entity when it comes to those standards. Should any of our valued listeners wish to find out more, please feel free to visit our website. Uh, you can find the link in the show notes of this episode. That was an excellent discussion about ESG. And I'd like to thank Susan and Caroline for sharing all your very interesting experience. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you.